You're listening to Cast, Season 6, Episode 4, Weekend at Bobby's. Bobby spends a couple days contending with his neighbor, the feds, and the drama that is Sam and Dean, all while trying to find out Crowley's name. I am one of your newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. And my cat, Hazel. I don't think she'll talk. Sometimes she does. You never know. She sent feedback. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, and then we've also got, uh, down in Texas, we've got our experts, Annie. Hello. And John, who you heard at the top. And Next week is my birthday. Oh, this week is my birthday. Hey! Oh my God, happy birthdays, y'all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday. I just had that little twinge of panic. Oh, we went to we went to the Twin Cities and went to a concert. I know, but Jonathan still, Colton, Amy, man. the children have to... Well, they didn't have to as much. I know. All right. Okay. Yes, I, my, my gift was all squared away uh, weeks ago. All right. Um, and we also have uh, our uh, other newbie, uh, Yvette. Hey, y'all. And we have our guest, special guest, Matt A is back. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey. I'm joined here by my cat, Roland. Wait, what's your cat's name? Roland. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. That is an awesome cat name. Yeah, he's a he's a big Dark Tower fan. Mm. <laughs> he's, a, he's also not going to provide any uh, insight or feedback. <laughs> you well, can always text it in. You just you never know. Yeah, sometimes it comes into the last minute. Mm-hmm. You know, the weird thing is I've got both Paul and John's birthdays uh, in my Google calendar. I guess it populated from, like, Facebook yeah. or something. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. That's kind of creepy, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Synergy. <laughs> so, happy early birthday. Well, thank you. Both of you. Thank you. Um, so, you're the uh, host, uh, the, the, the creator of Hooplecast? That's true. And uh, you've just done, uh, have you just done the, the premieres of The Sopranos? Yes, we, we started as a Deadwood podcast, but since Deadwood only lasted 36 episodes, we have moved on to a new phase of the podcast, and we're covering HBO dramas, but we're only talking about the first episode of each one. So we most recently covered The Sopranos and The Corner, and then I'd like to, this month, the month of May, cover Six Feet Under and Band of Brothers. We're wow. just working chronologically through the whole catalog. All right, great. So this episode, uh, I we we you can note that there's uh, not a lot of Sam and Dean in it, and the reason for that is that Jensen Ackles is the director. Oh, That's nice. Right. Yeah. So that that'll be the. Uh, oftentimes, when you get an episode where where one of the actors is not in it as much, they're they're often. Uh, Directing and this is his. Uh, is this his directorial debut? I believe so. I just assumed that somebody was watching the Zeppo and was like, "Let's do that." Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, 
And I love those types of episodes. I do too. They're they're some of my favorite where you just you just take a character, single them out, and just spend time with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I grabbed the uh, the summary from uh, Supernatural Wiki because uh, we just did the new material on that, and this season that's pretty much the only time you're going to be hearing the uh, Supernatural the Supernatural Wiki uh, summaries because we are doing clusters in the meantime when we're not singling out episodes for for watching. <clears throat> so this is back to the old format, uh, which is which is not that old. We've only done one cluster so far. Anyway, so the summary starts one year ago. And shortly after trapping Lucifer and Michael in Lucifer's cage, Bobby summons Crowley and demands the return of his soul. Crowley refuses, and smugly quotes his contract, which states that he only has to make best efforts to give Bobby his soul back. He agrees to give Bobby ten years of life, but that is all. Bobby then reveals he has trapped Crowley in a devil's trap made with blacklight paint, but Crowley threatens him with his hellhound until Bobby releases him. Crowley's got bigger hounds than everybody else. We've, this has been established. Well, an, an extra three inches below the belt. <laughs> extra three inches below the belt. Uh, thank you. Hopefully that's not anybody's quote. Well, you know. Hmm. Quote stealer, and you don't even do quotes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. In the present day, Sam and Dean are in Wisconsin on the trail of a monster that cracks open the bodies of its victims. It leaves a large black claw in the chest cavity of the latest victim, and they call Bobby for help. Yeah, Wisconsin. They're, they're still... Uh, Mostly trolling around the Midwest, although that changes later in the episode. Yeah, it sure oh, does. Boy, does it, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. And I think, I, I, I know I said at some point that I was hoping that they'd go to Europe. But I, I think this was kind of a you know a throwaway use of travel to other continents, but, uh, or, uh, you know. Anyway. Yeah, they could do a whole season uh, kicking around Europe. You know, Vancouver yeah. as Europe. Vancouver but Europe. They, they could do that. Canada, Europe, Scotland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Bobby says that he's busy, he spends hours researching, going so far as to break into a university library to find a book he needs. It's early morning the next day when he calls Dean to tell him they're hunting a Lamia. Usually in only in Greece, Lamia, quote, juices <laughs> hearts and then chugs the blood. I'm sorry, uh, it sounded like you said labia. <laughs> That's why I'm chuckling over here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I had to say something. I couldn't let that one go. <laughs> Is it, is it Lamia? I don't know. I thought it was. That's what I. That's how I pronounce it. <laughs> uh-huh. He tells them it can only be killed by a silver knife, blessed by a priest. After he's off the phone, Bobby goes in the basement where he has a crossroads demon tied up and caught in a devil's trap. He wants to know Crowley's true name, the name he had as a human before he died and became a demon in hell. So he torches the tortures the demon by using a blowtorch to singe its bones. Finally, she admits that Crowley, who is now the king of hell, was a Scottish man named Fergus MacLeod in life. The other demons call him Lucky the Leprechaun behind his back. <laughs> There's no Fergus MacLeod in North Kilttown. <laughs> Simpsons. I got it. Par- paraphrasing. <laughs> paraphrasing. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Thank you, John. Once Bobby has the information he needs, he burns the demon's bones, killing it and its host. Some of which is... You know, revealed later on in flashback form. But this is pretty detailed. Okay, well, we'll try to summarize up some of the summary. (laughs) After killing the demon, Bobby answers phones and backs up other hunters, posing as various law enforcement until Rufus knocks on his door. Rufus has the police on his tail and needs Bobby's help burying a body of an Okami. 
A monster usually seen only in Japan. They bury the body on Bobby's property and Rufus leaves just before Sheriff Jody Mills shows up with Agent Adams from the FBI. And Agent Adams is looking for Rufus. Dean calls while the FBI agent is there asking for help killing the Lamia because they couldn't kill it with a silver knife blessed by a priest. And so Bobby tells them how to find the proper herbs needed and uh, torch the thing. Agent Adams is persistent and Sheriff Jody uh, tries to Sheriff Mills tries to distract him but uh, Adams finds the spot where the Okami was buried. Fortunately there's no longer any evidence of a crime because the Okami is gone. That's fortunate in some people's books more than others. On the plus side the FBI didn't find a dead body. On the minus side there is a uh, ferocious uh, bloodthirsty monster roaming the uh... Unfortunately it turns out Rufus didn't stab it enough times to kill it properly, and it's been feeding. Oh, that's separate, but uh, it has been feeding on single white females while they sleep. And now it flashes back to the... <laughs> now the summary flashes back to Marcy ringing the doorbell with the peach cobbler, which happened way back when he was interrogating the Crossroads demon, but they uh, wrote it differently here. Hmm. I'm still sad that Marcy wasn't, like, a demon or a witch or something. I mean, I guess she could turn out to be in the future, but it seems like she was a normal lady. That's a little annoying. That that cobbler, there's something like with it. Nope. Yeah. I, never I thought it, it. I thought it was it a sounds nice. Delicious. I, I thought it, it was a nice cobbler. Uh, uh, a nice change of pace. That she was just this nice lady who was into Bobby. I like who was hot uh, for Bobby. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, he needs a bath. Gross. <clears throat> exactly. That's what I think. Like he just looks filthy all the time. Like that cap. That and the cap entire time I was watching apart. it, I was, I was thinking about like some like costume designer or whatever had to like sit there and like sandblast that cap to make yeah, it look so disgusting. Dis- distress the cap, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot of so- experience distressing things, right? Oh yeah. You you actually do use a be- a belt sander and a lot of times um I mean you can use like you know paint, but I always found that uh toothpaste was a great medium. To, to get like salty sweat look sweat stains yeah oh the Inside uh, knowledge one of one of the jackets that uh, or one of the coats that spike wears on buffy they apparently to distress it they ran over it a bunch of times oh that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah i think bobby just looks gross all the time because he's just dirty some people and are i know that, that that's the look but i don't know that lady looks like a nice pretty lady I don't know. She had had a bath. She had. She had a bath. She had done her full face of makeup before going to bed. That is right. <laughs> so. Well, she's got to have some kind of backstory too. She didn't look like a single woman living alone in the country countryside near Bobby's place. Well, she. Yeah, who owns did. her own wood chipper? Yeah, well, like six months ago, but still. Well, I mean, what's what's their backstory before that? I know if I had a wood chipper, why I don't it, but you know. I feel very apprehensive about asking why. <laughs> Chipping wood. <laughs> Chipping stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm oh. disappointed that they didn't uh, hook up at the end. Yeah. I well, kind of am, too. I kind of thought they were going to. Maybe she'll come back around sometime in the next few seasons. I mean, he did run to her house to save her life. Like He cared enough about her to do that. He did feed an Okami through a wood chipper to save her life. So, so, yeah, yeah. that's a romance kind of thing. I think so. Yeah. I don't think she took it that way, though. (laughs) Yeah, I think she received the bloodbath that he uh, that he generated for her. (laughs) 
Do you think it was odd that we didn't see her getting doused with the blood? Well, I, did, part, I did think that. That was part of the joke, though. I think it was a punchline. But it yeah. was. I, I I think they were trying to make it a punchline, but the whole time I'm just going, I think they're going to cut away to her, and it's going to be the punchline. There it is. It, and she yeah, really be, seemed to be. Yeah, it's, it's so telegraphed that. I, I mean, like, it, oh. yeah, it it is an old uh, sight gag. And she just didn't seem to be close enough to the woodchepper or in the, the direction of where she would need to stand for it to happen. Yeah, I, she yeah was, I will but... say they they didn't they didn't do they didn't sort of establish the geography of where she was in relation to the woodchipper. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it, staged properly. Yeah, but based on that, the editing that we got, she it didn't look like she was actually standing in its path. But, you know, whatever. I'm going to let it go. Yeah, no. It's either. Jeff it's we get it. It's a joke. It's either the Jensen or the editor's fault. Let's blame Jensen. It's his first time. Like, if I'm, like, he, it's his first time. He's figuring it out. Where people stand. It's tough. Yeah. Blocking. Well, handily enough, that was a very long paragraph that I think we just covered, so. Uh, oh, good. Cool. Yeah. High fives. I, I, don't, I don't feel like we really need to read through the entire detail. Yeah, now we're good. Of that. I think we just covered that. we got that. it. Rufus thanks Bobby for help, helping him with the Okami and tells him what con- what his contacts in Scotland have learned about Fergus MacLeod, a.k.a. Crowley. Crowley had a son named Gavin MacLeod, whose signet ring is now on display in a museum in Andover. Andover, Massachusetts? Is there an Andover, Massachusetts? I think that's uh, in Massachusetts. I thought it was in Michigan. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Andover, I mean, the ship, she, they said his ship went down off Massachusetts. Well, I suppose... Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's one or the other. I don't know about it. could be. Or is it Maryland? Uh, Maryland no. sounds good. No, I think it's it's either it's either it's either Michigan or Massachusetts that it has Andover. It's one of those M states. If only we had computers near us. I know. I was going to say, like, I love that all of us are asking this question, and all of us have computers with the internet. I am literally walking my dog right now, so I cannot I am, look anything uh, up. I'm in the middle of a, a post from Hazel, so you're posting from Hazel right now. I'm I'm petting one of Annie's dogs, so, so I can't. I can't. We're busy. <laughs> Wasn't Gavin McLeod the captain of the love boat? Yes. <laughs> Yes, he was. Oh, that's funny. The love boat. Exciting. Well, there's an Andover in Minnesota, but I'm pretty sure that's not the one they were talking about. No. Andover, Michigan doesn't seem to exist. No. No. No? There's an Andover in Massachusetts. All right. Essex County. Okay. That's probably the one. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Oh, dear. Okay, never mind. <clears throat> All right, so your boy from the love boat has a ring in the museum. And uh, Rufus is already on his way there to steal and is willing to uh, steal the ring for Bobby. It was good to see Rufus again. I haven't mentioned it yet, but it was really nice. Yes. Yeah, I said it during the noob interior. I could I could watch an entire show just about Bobby and Rufus oh, being absolutely. all surly towards each other. They're so much more interesting, really, than, like, Dean and Sam. And I don't know if it's because they're older and so, you know, like, they've got more to work with. Well, Sam, well, Sam and Dean are drama queens, you know. Oh, they are. They are whiny. Like, Bobby's right. Yeah, speaking, some whiny... speaking of which, that's where we're up to here. Yeah, they're Dean, whiny. Dean, Dean calls to talk about how Sam and how he's changed the past year. And uh, 
just when we're getting ready to, to get into that whole dramatic, here, here's all the stuff we're worried about this season, uh, it goes a different direction. I, I really like how they address that. I was like, oh, this is clever. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still it's still on the back burner back there somewhere that you know something's something's up with Sam, and I'm sure that it's a story. You know, I'm sure that we're not just gonna gloss over it here and, and be done with it. But is he still being tortured, like emotionally, spiritually tortured? Well, they're just uh, Sam doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem like himself. He's uh, doesn't seem to care as much as he used to. He used to be the the guy who cares. I feel like we actually haven't had much in the way of like interactions with like Sam this um, season so far. He's just kind of like there. Yeah, it was pretty much like. Well, the, the, I think the, the the main thing that really kind of brought it home was well, two th- two things. There was one in the in the premiere where he was like, you know, those those people next door are already as good as dead, so we don't worry about it. And then when he when he uh, allowed Castiel to 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 figure out the uh, the holder of that kid's soul by painfully uh, putting his hand in his chest and just was like, you know, okay, go for it. It's got to happen. Well, I think he was just kind of surprised that he's back for another season. He kind of felt like he like the show had run its course and he's done, <laughs> and now he's back, and he's just not really thrilled to be back. <laughs> this could be true. Uh, it did seem very unceremoniously uh, the way he brought back, how he's brought back. Like he's just back. He's just back. He just shows. He just shows up. Just shows up. It's like, very anticlimactic. It's a str- It was a strange premiere. Yeah. Well, we we did see him outside the house at the end of the uh, end of the fifth season. So he was already sort of just back at that point. Although at that point we didn't know is he alive? Is he a ghost? Is he? I was really hoping for a ghost. Who's only watching? Yeah. Oh. oh. Or it's not the real Sam. You can't, it's you can't hear it, but the, 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 the a great big boat just saluted the bridge, and the bridge just returned its. Yeah, I, I heard that. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I got distracted because I was like, "Will I pick up on the microphone?" I was like, "No, it won't, no." We'll just have to do another port porch recording sometime and hope that it. The boat and the bridge are now married. Yeah. Yeah. No, they just <laughs> salute each other. One goes through the other. They do. Well, that's <laughs> neat that they you have a. Hey, that's. Water uh, view. There is a penetration involved, yes. Boat goes under the bridge. Boat goes through the bridge, yes. They salute with, like, horns? Yes. Yeah, yeah they, they go toot, toot, toot. The boat goes toot, 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 and the bridge responds toot, toot, toot. Yep. I'm glad we don't live in that house that's right by the bridge. Like that thing with it's like that thing with the truckers, when you are when you pass a trucker, and so you do the thing with your hand, and mm. he pulls on the horn. Yeah, it's like that. You're doing things with your hand to show off to truckers? No, I don't do that. <laughs> well, try to you know what, Paul? Just <laughs> them at, at, at all costs. Don't want them to see me. Uh, but anyway, so uh, anyway, the, the drama is averted, and we get a scene instead where Bobby tells off the boys for being all up on themselves all the time and not being babies. Reminds them that Crowley still has his soul and tells him to sack up and help him for once. Sack up. Which point Sam says, well, all you gotta do is ask. Come on, man. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> As a favor to Bobby, Sheriff Mills extradites Rufus 
and allows him to escape custody so Rufus can deliver the signet ring to Bobby. Bobby uses the ring to summon Gavin's ghost, and they have a chat. And then he summons Crowley, who arrives and discovers that he is trapped in another devil's trap, which, you know, I mean, he's not... He feels... I, I, I understand he feels like he's got everything... You know, he's got Bobby's soul, so... He knows that he doesn't have to check for those devil's traps. It's just going to happen, right? I guess. I guess. Um, Gavin's voice was super weird. Like, I don't know if that was because he'd been dead for a long time or the actor just had, like, a super weird version of a Scottish accent, but yeah, that was well, He said strange. very little. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say much. But every time he did, like, even when he said, like, what was that, like, everything, everything. or whatever, it was yeah. just so weird. Uh, is, it, is it possible the actor wasn't actually Scottish and so he was putting on an accent? <gasps> oh, could be. Yeah. Well, I definitely <laughs> figured that, but, I mean, I think it was super weird, though. I don't <laughs> think he was a ghost, either. Wait, What? what? All right, whatever. I'm looking up the actor right now. You can't have a non-ghost in a show called Supernatural. Oh, he has not been in much. Wow. wow. <laughs> I guess we know why. Not looked- very good at doing a Scottish accent, are I you? He, I thought he looked familiar-ish, but apparently not, huh? He's known for his work on Supernatural. Ooh, that's a... That's <laughs> Under the Apple Box and The Jester. He ain't been in anything. <laughs> wow. Maybe they felt like he looked enough like uh, Crowley that he, was the best. He did look like kind of a handsome Crowley, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so Crowley repeats his position that he won't give Bobby back his soul, but Bobby counters, revealing the son's ghost. Turns out that they hated each other in life, so. Crowley's like, yeah, bring it on. Do whatever you need to do to him. But uh, it turns out that that wasn't the reason that he brought him back. It was all the information that he got, including where his bones were buried. Bobby then hands Crowley the phone so he can talk to Dean, who tells him that they are standing over his bones in Scotland. Okay, look, this is going to be like one of those like dumb, like nitpicky questions. But I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, all right. If you are a demon and you know that all somebody has to do to, like, destroy you is burn your bones, wouldn't you, like, go get your bones and, like, I don't know, drop them to the bottom of the ocean or something? Like, why would you leave them in a grave? Like, ostensibly, you know where your bones are located. Well, in, Cr- just- in, Crowley's, in Crowley's case, like, he he was banging on the fact that no one knew, you know, what his real name was, so. Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. I guess if I was a if I was a demon, I'd like to think I would plan a little better than that. But maybe I wouldn't have the foresight either. You would just be more paranoid. <laughs> as in real life, as to a demon. Yes. What they need is like a demon demon life lock, where they protect all your assets and your yeah. identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your bones, of course. Demon what? storage. What I'd like to know is, you know, okay, so you, you use the uh, you use the Crossroads Demon Lackey to get to the big cheese, the, the, the big head honcho, the well-known guy. Now, how did he find out, how the heck did he find out where the bones of the Lackey Crossroads Nobody Demon was? She probably didn't change her identity. 
on our Facebook. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> status status update. <laughs> my my bones are located here. <laughs> Guys, don't you hate it when you misplace your bones? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> well, basically, we're just about done with the episode. Uh, the deal's made. Bobby gets to keep his working legs, but gets to keep his get his soul back too. And, win win. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Dean. Well, while Dean considers burning the bones anyway, Sam says, "Nah, deal's a deal." Which I don't know. I don't know if Sam, I guess Sam's the fair play guy, right? So. I wouldn't. Have, I totally would have torched that bastard's bones. I'm sorry, I'm a bad lady, aren't I? Yeah. Well. Then you a have, dead demon's a good demon. Then you don't have Mark Shepard around anymore, and he's so charming. <laughs> he does have good chemistry with Bobby. Like I like it when they're like arguing and stuff. So Crowley picks up his own boat, drops by the uh, gravesite, which of course he knows exactly where it is, as Yvette said. Picks up his bones and leaves, and uh, Bobby thanks them for flying to Scotland to help get his soul back. And that's the episode. Or that's the summary, anyway. It looked really beautiful wherever they were. We I don't know where this was filmed, but to Scotland. Haven't we? We've like, always wanted to go to Scotland. We do just what I just we willed. Yeah. Show off your kidneys. Yeah. Etc. Etc. This year, the um, Society of Architectural Historians Conference is in Glasgow, and my job was like offering to pay for the conference, but not, not for anything else. Yeah, the flight. Right. So I would have to pay for the flight and my hotel room, and I was like, the conference is only like maybe three hundred dollars. So I was like, mm, I mean. If I'm going to go to Glasgow, I'd rather not be in a conference, number one. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't want to be, like, holed up in a room all day. So I declined to go. But now I'm like, I should have just gone. Because it would have been a really good excuse to go somewhere I've never been. Yeah. But you could just go. You know, if you have to pay for all that stuff anyway, you should just go. And then you don't have to spend, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to. You don't have to spend oh, your time in the. Spend it at work. The conference. Could you have- I know. Did you like bookended it with a vacation? Um, not. I mean, I guess I could have, but I'm really. I, I hate taking time off of work. Like, I know it's like dumb, but like, I have so many hours accrued because I just never go anywhere and I never do anything. Um, just because I'd rather be at work, which maybe would have been better than just to be on a vacation that wasn't a real vacation. Anyway, it's in two weeks, and I kind of wish I was going. I wonder what kind of credentials that the boys had to have to fly international. I know they do their fake documents and things, but it often, you know, most of the time they're just with some, you know, local law enforcement. Yeah. They flash their butt badge really quickly. I don't think that the kind of identity, you know, impersonation they do would hold up to scrutiny too much. This is my impression. Yet they were able to... Well, this is... 2005, I think. Oh, yeah. They were... This is well after... Even even past 2005 at this point, I think, yeah. Yeah, so so they must have had, like, fake passports that somehow... Checked out. ...passed muster. Yeah. Scary. But the thing is, now they have microchips in them and stuff, so... Yeah, I don't know. That's got to be hard to fake, right? Right. They do. They just just scan it. think very hard about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you scan them. It's it's not it's not a barcode. It's nothing like that. It's yeah, just, just drop a, it on a on a and proximity it's got a chip sensor in it. and yeah. yeah, NFC chip in it and yep, hmm. interesting. 
Hey, uh, I think we know the answer, but who wins this? Sam versus Dean. And I gotta go neither. Bobby. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Bobby wins. Yeah, neither. Bobby wins. It's Bobby. It's, I mean, it's his episode. Yeah. Sam and Dean are barely in it, so. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll agree that Bobby won, wins, but uh, that makes it neither for the, uh, for the yeah. binary system. That's fine. Yeah, it's a tie. Uh, anybody want to give a quote? Uh, Matt, you get the first shot if you want one. Uh, yeah, I'll abbreviate it, but it's, I'm surly and I got a beard. Gimme, blah, 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 homespun corn pun insult. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Carly one too then. I hope that's paint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got, I got one. Well, you look like hammered crap. And your vision as always. No, Garth. Not me, the FBI. The real FBI. How are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope we keep getting Garth back again and again, and maybe maybe see him eventually. But uh, it would be fun to, to have it recur. Dana Carvey. <laughs> yeah, Carvey. It's actually Garth. <laughs> Gar- Garth Algar. Oh my God, Garth Algar! This isn't Algar. a quote, but I'm super it's glad that we got to hunter. hear "The Gambler" by Kenny Rogers. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. Song yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, finally some music that I like. I freaking hate all this classic rock. <laughs> and then Crowley even uh, even even called back to it in his little oh, yeah. when he was trapped under the devil's trap at the mm-hmm. end there. Yeah. This was fun. This was a fun episode. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Any more? Any more quotes? Uh, the only one left I got written down is, uh, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit around and and be damned. <laughs> uh, I've got one if someone wants to do, be my scene partner. Ooh, ooh, I bet I know what it is. I'll do it with you. All right. Well, I'll be Bobby, of course, because he's Ellsworth. The Okami ain't dead. Of course it is. Did you use a bamboo dagger? Yeah. Blessed by a Shinto priest? Not an imbecile, Bobby. Did you stab it seven times? Five times. It's seven. No, I'm pretty sure it's five. Well, clearly it's seven times. <laughs> <laughs> and see. And see. Yeah. <laughs> I like, uh... I want my soul back, is it? Right, not. But I'm surly and I got a beard. Give me. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, so a feedback section. I don't actually have any feedback. Oh wait, we have late, late, late arriving feedback. Kitty feedback from Kitty. <laughs> Yay! Hi, Hazel here. I just sort of watched. Sort of, with my rear pointed at the flashing loud wall decor, my human made chortle and make annoying sounds, which were annoying, but the human didn't get up and roam around. She stayed still and petted me. Then I turned my front end toward the flashy old wall decor. I noted that my people were not represented, except by pointed <laughs> teeth. I have to go choose my human's cords, so I give this episode 5 out of 10 warm laps. Happy hunting. <laughs> Thanks, Hazel. Yeah, Hazel, we love you. Best review ever. That was great. Uh, But we don't have any other feedback, so uh, (laughs) 
we could rate this. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I'm checking. We actually do have some feedback. <gasps> oh, yay! On Facebook. Um, Nutty says, yes, I love this episode. And Matt says, crikey, I better get to binging. I've got at least six episodes to watch to catch up. And then Nutty says, I wish I could. As for the call for the uh, guest. So there you go. Woo! Feedback. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Hazel Butt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hazel Nut, I think is the name. Hazel Nut. Yeah, the kids call her Hazel's butt. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, anyone want to want to kick off the ratings? Um, I, this is uh, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I love when when a show that is known for an ensemble focuses on a single character, um, and it's especially fun if like. It's it, it's a sort of it's a it's a trope of storytelling usually referred to as uh, the sad bastard story, where you just take a character and you just beat on him for a while. Uh, so yeah, Bobby being as surly as he is, like this was a lot of fun. So I'm gonna give this one ten out of ten ginger peach cobblers. Okay, you stole my rating system. Oh, yeah, right, I do. Getting rid of that. Everybody's. I think it was yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I th- I, th- I thought that uh, that um, you know compared to the first three episodes of the season, it was definitely a total change of pace. Uh, very amusing. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and uh, nice to see Rufus back. Nice to see lots of Bobby, Sheriff Mills. What's not to love? I like I liked it all. Uh, I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll also give it ten out of ten. Uh, two-headed puppies. <laughs> nice. It was it was really it was hilarious. It was good. I like that you know they took the uh, what is usually the the B plot and made it the A plot. It was good times. Um, I'm gonna give it a hmm, I'll give it a seven out of ten uh, exploded septic tanks. <laughs> Who would like to go next? Uh, I'll go next. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. I was afraid that it was going to be, based on the title, some sort of we have to pretend this dead person's alive kind of shtick that we've seen so many times before. I was really happy that we did not get that. Uh, just spending time with Jim Beaver, who's a really cool dude. And uh, yeah, this was a, a good app. I wished he could have gotten some, uh, some more uh, intimate time with his lady friend. Because um, that, that ginger peach cobbler and White chocolate pop- popcorn sounded really good, so it's unfortunate that that didn't happen. I'll give this one a 9 out of 10. Whatever happened to Allison Lomans? Mm-hmm. They mentioned drag, drag Me to Hell, and that's like the last thing I remember her being in, and she was like so big for a while. She, I'm looking at her IMDb here. She's in White Oleander, Matchstick Men, uh, Drag Me to Hell, Big Fish. Oh. Where, where the hell has she been? It's like she just dropped off the face of the planet. Um, I don't it's know. Maybe a, she, maybe she does like theater or something. Maybe she's got mm-hmm. one. She's got a couple, two more credits after Drag Me to Hell, but hmm, long, long gap here. Six year gap between uh. Probably wow. Has, has a couple kids. That'll uh, that'll make you want. Yeah, maybe she has a family. Who knows? Time off. Mm, could be. I did that for seven years. It took seven years out of life. Yeah, she says here she's got two kids. Yeah, it's funny that they. It's a little inside joke with the episode because they the only reason they mentioned Drag Me to Hell is because 
that's what Sam and Dean are fighting is a Lamia, and that's what the main that's what the villain is in Drag Me to Hell. Oh. 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 I was I was bonus I, episode. I do not know what the uh, I did not know the villain from or the 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 the, the yeah the villain from <laughs> Drag Me to Hell. But I, I the hero from Drag Me to Hell. You mean? <laughs> but, I, but I did I did kind of at least get that uh, you know Bobby was trying to avoid being dragged to hell. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that also works. That's kind of what I thought that was. The joke was. Yeah. All right, y'all. I'll go next. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. My mind never wandered. I didn't want to check my phone at any point. So, solid. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 poop rings. (laughs) (laughs) Annie, I think you're last. Um, I, of course, also really love this episode. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's um, it's got that kind of Zeppo thing going on where, you know, the, the angst and the drama that really drive the show are secondary. And I, I really like that. I also really like that it goes in kind of the opposite direction from, from, you know, Buffy's the Zeppo, uh, where Xander just saves the world and, uh, nobody ever really knows, um, that, that he did that. And he's happy with that, and it's fine. But in this case, you know, Bobby gets fed up and reads them the riot act. And I'm bored. Am I that loud to everybody else? Sorry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, you're not loud at all, no. Yeah, you're very quiet. Uh, well, I'm very loud to me. Um, anyway, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I really like this episode. Um, but I am still hearing echoes of everything I say. So I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> so the that moment... Is... So go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'll say the moment that got very Zeppo-ish is when he's on the phone with Sam and Dean and they're fighting something in the background and you can you don't really see what they're fighting or you only catch glimpses of it. It's yeah, yeah. So you see like Sam's of, face like hit a wall or something. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of when uh, Buffy and company were in the I think the library fighting yeah, something. Yeah, the library and fighting you, like the hell mouth. And you just sort of see them like run in and run out, but uh, you don't actually see much of the fight. And that's when the where I was like, oh, this is really Zeppoe. So this episode we give a nine out of ten, which is very good. Um, yeah, it's like up there. Like even last season, we only had one that went above nine. So All crazy. Right. And Annie, you were saying that this is your husband's favorite episode, right? It's one of his favorites. Yeah, he really likes it. I think cool. it, it was the first one that he ever like when I forced him to watch through the whole show with me. It was the first one that he was like, "That was really fun. That was a really good episode." Maybe not the first one, but one of the first. All right, hey, Matt, <laughs> thanks for joining us again. Hey, it was fun. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's always a good Thank time. Thank you. Uh, hey, John, what uh, what's coming up next week for us? 
Uh, next up, we'll be doing another cluster episode. We'll be tackling for season six, episodes five, six, and seven, which are respectively titled Live Free or Twy Hard, You Can't Handle the Truth, and Family Matters. So we've got, wow. uh, so we've got vampires, mm-hmm. uh, something military, <laughs> and Urkel, and Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe their deadliest demon yet. It could be. Cool. <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> all right then. <laughs> all right, so uh, hey, uh, oh, we'll see you all next time, and uh, happy hunting. Bye. Happy hunting. Bye. Y'all. Bye. You've been listening to Idgitcast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is IdgitCastPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at BorrowedTrouble.com. Lyrics and vocals by Idgitcast's founder, Allie Jones who you can find out all about at imthewonderband.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com user slash sofadogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. The Okami ain't dead. Do you want me to do it again? It's it yeah, three, three, two, one. Oh, it's on Skype. Oh, it's long. Hang on. Gotta get it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But, I'm ready. Let's, let's it, do this. <laughs>